All right, everybody, welcome to the comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kurtz. I'm joined today by a very special guest, Mr. Jeff Lights Out Hughes from Strong Style MMA. How you doing today, my man? I'm doing really good. How about you? I'm doing well, man. I can't really complain. The sun's shining out here in Colorado, so we're finally starting to thaw out from some of these winter storms that we've been having. Yeah, Jeff. So, uh, so real quick, why don't you uh, let everybody out there know who uh, who may not at this point know where they can follow you on social media and all of that. Uh, I made it pretty easy, so you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. All the same thing, Jeff Hughes MMA. Awesome, very nice. So, as uh, as I mentioned, you're training out of Strong Style there in Ohio, along with the great, the historically great, I might add, Stipe Miocic, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. You're on a card this weekend in Kansas for uh, for uh, for Kansas City UFC. How does it feel to be making your debut as a heavyweight on a card that's being headlined with a main event by two of some of the frontline guys within the division with uh, with Derek Lewis and JDS? Well, it's awesome. You know, I just I'm excited to make my debut finally. I've been waiting a long time to be uh, to be in the UFC cage. You know, I started this at 17 and. You know, I knew I'd get there eventually, but it's finally here, so I'm ready to go. Um, I'm excited for the other fights, too. You know, I'm still a fan, so I like to watch the, I'll definitely watch the main event. That's awesome. You know, it's uh, it's got to be just one of those feelings where you're finally there. You know, you, uh, this this is a rematch, correct me if I'm wrong, from, uh, from your LFA title defense? Yeah, yeah. This is the second time we fought in 11 months. <laughs> That's Pretty crazy, you know, that that's how the, everything comes full circle with the debut. But, you know, how, how does that feel? Because Contender Series, that was during the summertime. So what's it like having that much of a layoff? Um, you know, we've actually used the layoff to our advantage. You know, we've gotten a lot better. been working with my, my coaches, Steve and Marcus and Alex a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of nice not having to worry about a specific person you're training for. You just train to get better at the things that you do well and the things you don't do well, you improve on those too. So uh, the layoff was very, you know, we use it to our advantage this time. That's good to hear. You know, always good to make improvements in the downtime. You know, what? how, how does that, uh, how is it being able to train with one of the best to ever do it in your division? Um, I, I think he's the best of all time, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's great. It's it's not always the funnest thing to do, going with him every day, but uh, it's definitely helps me out more than than going with anybody else, I, I believe. Um, he, he's so good at everything, at every part of the sport, and he's very he's a very good coach as well. So when he's not getting ready for a fight, it's almost like having a, another coach in there with me. That's incredible. You know, to have... That sort of resource, I feel like as a, as someone who's making a big growth, or, you know, a big step within your career, that 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 can only work in your favor. And you you know you have a rock solid management team too as well. Shout out to Jim Walter out there in ASTR Sports. Yeah, he definitely he he's been helping out a lot as well. You know, um, he sets up he does all the hard stuff, so we have to worry about the fight. You know what? What? Uh, what is your big? I guess what are you looking to let everybody know by this performance on Saturday night? Uh, I'm just trying to go out there, get the, 
get to win and, and show everybody I belong in there and I'm one of the best in the world at doing this. Um, me and my coaches and we all believe that I am one of the best in the world to do it. So now it's just time to show them that, you know, what we already know is true. Totally, totally. So at 10 and one, you've obviously experienced a lot of success to this point. What is the most critical thing for you to continue on that trajectory? Uh, I think just listen, listen to my coaches and, and follow a, a game plan to a certain extent, you know, um, go in there and train as hard as you can every day and, and, and prove, uh, you know, cause nobody's perfect in this sport and to keep getting better every day is the, the goal and, you know, make it, you know, show it on fight night when the lights are shining. Okay. So, you know, it seems like you kind of carry that same embodiment of, you know, a lot, it seems like everybody that I meet from, uh, from Ohio or from that kind of the trains in the Cleveland area all has a very, uh, very blue collar approach, if you will. You know, you're all very level headed. You're very hardworking and grounded within your approach. Is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, that's perfect assessment. Yeah, we're super blue collar. If you go into our gym, there's nothing fancy. Um, it's nice. It's very nice. We have a lot of stuff to to work with, but it's not like it's not like some of these gyms you see that are, you know, beautiful and and stuff like that. And it's all about hard work at our gym. Who are some of you? Know, who are your regular training partners outside of Stepe right now for this camp? Um, I go, you know, right now I, this fight I've been working a lot with Stepe more than anybody. Um, but we have a couple. We have a boxer we bring in, Alante Green. He's a very successful pro boxer in the Cleveland area. Um, and we just, yeah, we have a a couple teammates that we go with. But uh, besides that, I've been going with Stepe a whole lot. Stepe a whole lot. If you had to name something, you know, obviously without showing hand or anything along those lines, but, you know, if there's been something that has been the biggest challenge for you within your pro career as far as, you know, maybe a part of your game or some specific adversity, you know, dealing with media, whatever, what would you say is the biggest obstacle as a professional that you've had to overcome? Um, trying to trying to stay healthy and peak at the right time. Um Something and now my coaches have it down to to a science. So and I and before I started going to strong style, I didn't have that exactly. Like I just kind of trained and, and thought I was doing everything the right way, but it wasn't. So that's been the hardest part is trying to uh, be ready on fight night. What does recovery look like for you? What are you doing for you know for those steps? Uh, just trying to get a lot of rest and and try not to to kill yourself every single day, but training smart, um, working with a strength conditioning coach and doing everything, uh, doing everything the coaches tell me to do, man, uh, and getting a lot of rest and, you know, not, not trying to take everything so serious. Okay. Are you doing any like cryotherapy or cupping, electro stim, anything along those lines? Nothing, nothing like that, and we don't do anything like that. I'm sure that I mean, sure it's very beneficial, but like I've never set foot in a cryo thing or or anything like that. Gotcha. We uh, we do we actually do a thing. It's called a polar bear run, um, and it sounds crazy, but it's something everybody I think should experience once. It's a one of the coldest days of the year we'll uh, take off our shirts and go run a 5k um i guess that's and it's really good for recovery so i've been told 
I would imagine, you know, uh, you know that kind of speaks to uh, a news element related to this last weekend uh, with Diego Sanchez talking about how he does a lot of cold therapy from uh, from principals from Iceman Wim Hof. So I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Wim Hof is or not. No, no, no. I mean, I've heard the name, but I never what it. I don't know, but yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, so Wim Hof, just to kind of give you a little uh, little brief background, he's a guy who, if you were to say there's a modern human out there that has, you know, somewhat of a supernatural power, if you will, this guy kind of does in, in the way that he has resistance to cold. He's done, you know, he's done stuff like Everest, basically with no clothing. He's done polar plunges, you know, going into ice water and swimming for ridiculous stretches and amounts of time. But... There's a lot of, you know, a lot of science that supports some sort of cold therapy, which, you know, I can only imagine helps, uh, helps with a 5K run there. Yeah, and it's, it's I'm sure it's, uh, you gotta get your body used to all that, but yeah, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds like. Once you do it, you're happy you've, you've done it. Is it something that in the middle of it, you, you, you just find yourself, you've, your body adapts to it, it adjusts and acclimates itself? Yeah, it's like that first, I would say the first uh, half mile is the hardest. But after that, you just kind of get in the zone. You're like, okay, I'm going to finish this. Understandable there. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel that way myself sometimes just when I uh, turn the wrong faucet off on the shower first. But, you know, I just try, <laughs> you know, try to make it past that point. Right. You know, it, as a heavyweight, I'm sure you don't have to over you know or incur some of the different woes that maybe your peers have to with uh with weight cut issues or anything along those lines but i'm i'm sure you definitely follow some sort of a some sort of a guideline what does that look like um yeah so if i if if, if i'm not watching what i eat and i'm doing whatever i want man i blow up pretty big so um for fight camps, I definitely have to be on point with my diet, and you know, obviously, there's no drinking beer, which is the hardest thing for me. But <laughs> you sound um, like you're from Cleveland. What's that? That sounds like a Cleveland thing. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> but the uh, you know, I just try to eat clean, and you know, your body performs best when you're when you're eating the right thing. So it's uh, that's what we do. We we try to eat the right things and. Yeah, you have your you have your cheat days, but like this this camp, I've been super strict, and I, this is probably the best I've ever felt before a fight. That's it. So you know, you mentioned with uh, with eating clean. You know, are are you having like is it, is that looking like salads or is that like sweet potatoes, just not grains or what? Kind of take me through a day. What does a day of meals look like for you? This fight camp, I've actually I switched it up. I used to do a lot of ground turkey, but I've been doing actually a lot of ground beef, and I feel a whole lot better doing it. Um, trying to put more red meat in my diet and uh, trying to get vegetables. Like I do uh, with my protein shakes, I blend up a bunch of spinach and and blueberries and all that, and and do it like that. But uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of eggs and, and red meat this fight this fight camp. Very nice. You know, did you uh, did you watch a lot of the this last card two thirty five? Uh, which, which one was that? Who was the headline of that one? John Jones, Anthony Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, we watched the I watched the whole main card. Watched the whole main card. What were your thoughts? You know, what were some of your takeaways? Um, I thought that 
one of my heroes, Robbie Lawler, was fighting. I thought that was the most exciting fight of the night. Um, it was a crazy stoppage, but the, that that two minutes that they were fighting was awesome. Um, and, and the main event just showed that John Jones is just he he makes things look easy. It's crazy, but uh, and Andy Smith also, and he he deserves to be there like anybody else. Definitely, you know, shout out to Lionheart, that's my boy, X on the Chess, Factory X out here in Colorado. You know, Coach Mark Montoya, was I, it was inspiring to, one, to see Lionheart's effort out there, and I'll, I, I have to give full disclosure, you know, I, I'm biased because I, I know Anthony, I have a great relationship with him as well as Coach. You know, I know that you guys share, you know, Anthony is managed by Jim too as well, so I'm sure you've ran into him a, a time or two. Yeah. But, you know... It was uh, it was encouraging just to see him live up to the name alone. You know his his heart, the integrity, especially after the elite. You know the illegal strikes. It was it was awesome to see him in the moment. But obviously, you know we all wish that uh, that he would have came home with a win. But if you're going to you know if you're going to come up short, it might as well be to you know the best to ever do it in your division. Right and. The fact that he got up after that illegal knee and continued to fight, it just, just to me, proved that he was a real fighter, you know. He wasn't looking for an easy way out at all. Right. Well, and the, you know, the illegal knee was compounded by the kick to the head, too, as well. Herb said that that was only to the arm, but, I mean, he said it was to the head, and by the eye test, because, you know, what do I know? I'm just the guy who's watching from the broadcast view. And it looked like he kicked him in the head, too, when he was down on the ground first. I noticed that as well. I thought it was kind of it was a little too close for comfort on that. But you know, uh, like I said, not. it it is what it is, and he he kept on fighting through it, and he you know he he was able to go the distance, which very few have been able to do in the history of John Jones' career. Right. You know, and then the the Robbie fight, I I love that that was the biggest tear for me because I've always loved Robbie Lawler ever since you know ever since he blew up on the scene way back and I've been a big Ben Askren fan and I've been a huge advocate of Ben Askren coming to the UFC that first minute it was almost like uh, it was almost like he got F5'd or something like that you know yeah, like, uh, like a pro wrestling <laughs> you know it, it was it was crazy how close do you think Ben was to going out um I don't think I think Robbie was fine honestly I thought I mean the 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 arm went limp and from watching on the TV it looked like he it looked like he was out and I get exactly what her being was thinking but and then you watch the replay and I thought I saw it but I thought he gave the thumbs up so I was like oh maybe he wasn't out and then they showed the replay and I was like he definitely wasn't out and you don't recover that fast from going out when I mean he bounced up right away and was like what's going on immediately no, he yeah. bounced. He bounced up. Have you seen the video that's came out since they do now, like the thrill and the agony sort of thing that ESPN is covering, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I saw a clip of him. Like he was, you know, in the heat of the moment, he was mad for like what five seconds, and he's like, "Yeah, it's always cool, man. I get it. I understand." And that was cool. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it just it goes to show you that that Robbie is just he's a real true class act as a fighter. Right. You know, they they don't they just don't make him like that across the board. And no, his, no, no, it, was, it was definitely like a uh, somebody to like look up to being like that. Agreed completely. You know, his dialogue and the way that he uh, the way that he approached it in a pro, the the post fight press conference too was 
was something that any young fighter out there, I feel like, should look to as an example. You know, yeah, absolutely do more, didn't more, more or less try to act like that rather than the, the opposite, which you see a lot of fighters trying to, to act like Conor McGregor now, and, you know, not everybody's Conor McGregor, so it kind of it looks bad on the sport sometimes. Right, or, you know, even more recent example with TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. You know, I, I just, and, and I like TJ as well. But I felt like in that situation, you know, TJ, you're forgetting the reason why there was even the controversy of you having, you know, have the stoppage in the first place. You know, you got, you got dropped three times, the last of which you landed flat on your face without being able to have your equilibrium enough to put your hands in front to catch you. So I can understand why the referee would elect to stop it at that point. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a good stop. To be honest with you, you know, because because you know, tell me what you what you think in there. If they don't stop it right there, granted, it, it maybe was a little bit early, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Henry was probably going to land another ten, fifteen, twenty strikes on TJ before it was eventually called. Yeah, I mean, the referee's job in there is to make you know to make sure we're safe as we can be, you know. So, I don't, I don't see where the issue was with that one. What did you think of the uh, the Kamara Usman and Tyron Woodley fight? I think I think he played it smart. Um, he did exactly what he his game plan was, and that was to smother him and, and beat him up in the clinch. Um, and I think by the third round, he was he was he took way control of the fight, and there was no going back after that. Like he was in no danger after that. Were you surprised at the level of dominance that Kamaru had over Tyron? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, nobody's been able to do that for how long now? Um, and he went out there and and made it look kind of easy. Um, it, was, uh, it was a perfect performance by him, really. I would agree, you know, and I personally, I don't know what your feeling is for a couple of the stand-ups from, uh, from Goddard during the fight, but, you know, I, I thought that it was absolutely an incredible performance. This is where I've kind of learned to where in some capacities that I can no longer watch the fights with certain casual fans anymore either, just because I was getting a little bit irritated. I was at a buddy's watch party, and... You know, just there's a couple people talking about, oh, that it was boring with, you know, them just, you know, just with the wrestling between each other. But you guys don't even understand what you're watching. Like, right. the fact that he was able to take down Tyron, who never gets taken down, and he did it multiple times, and then was able to hold him against his will for that long. Like, you guys are witnessing a historically dominant performance in a title fight, and you don't even right. know it. There's a uh, there's other sports if if you don't like the wrestling part of it too. I mean, if you like if you want to see the stand up, there's other sports out there for you. I agree completely. You know, there's there's karate combat, there's letway, there's muay thai, there's you know, there's a lot of stuff out there if you just want to see striking. But wrestling is a very very huge part of this game, and to to neglect that or to stand someone up in that case, because what what's to say that when they stand them up right then and there, that Tyron doesn't do what Tyron normally does and unloads a huge right hand that knocks Kamara out. Right. It kind of defeats the purpose of, of working so hard to get that takedown, I think. 
um, if they're just going to stand it up right away. I agree completely. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. And especially, you know, because Kamaro, you know, there's... People could argue that when he fought Damian Maya, that, that that when they separated them, and I don't... It wasn't Goddard in that fight, but I can't remember who the referee was. Maya almost had his back with one hook in, and to get that on Kamaru, like, you know, within only a five-minute window is incredible. So, you know, to separate guys, like, yeah, that's just, to me, that's that shows that you're not understanding what you're truly looking at in the grappling aspect, or maybe you're letting the crowd influence play too big of a factor. Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like they're trying to make it more fan-friendly for the crowd, and it's like, you know, it's, it's up to the rest of to have an unbiased opinion about things like that. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Do you worry, or is that a concern at all to you going forward in the sport now that there's such this, you know, the mega deal with ESPN and with more eyes coming to the sport in terms of advertisers, just general audience across the board? Do you think that there's going to be measures that they put into place that try to make it more quote unquote entertaining? Um, I don't know if they can really change the whole the the part about the fighting thing. I mean, I think they can do uh, some different things with like behind the scenes, maybe. Um, but the I don't I don't think it's going to change the way that the fights play out. To be honest with you. Do you think that there's, you know, just like this example, that they may be quicker to stand guys up in a, you know, in a grappling sort of scenario? You don't think that that may come into play? It, it, yeah, you know, it could, honestly. Um, but Cause, I mean, we've and, seen it from the NBA, we've seen it from the NFL. You know, the NFL, basically, it's impossible to play defense now so that they can have exciting offense for ratings. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard to say when there's this much money now being brought into the mix at the corporate level that there isn't going to be some sort of adulteration that comes into play. Yeah, I mean, there possibly could be. Um, I just try to. I, my game is to go out there and fight, though. Like that's that's on them if they decide to change the rules up a little bit. Understandable. Understandable. You know, so a couple of questions for you. If you know, if it's an either-or situation, would you say stand up or ground? Uh, stand up. Wrestling or jujitsu? Wrestling. Thai style or Dutch style kickboxing? Dutch style. Interesting. That That's one always has a in the world right there. <laughs> Everyone always has a different answer to that one. What? What? I guess why is my follow-up? They just they put their their punch their combinations with their punches and kicks together a little bit better. I think the the Thai style is more uh, punches to to throw a real big kick or you know more leg kicks, but like the Dutch style is just like you could get knocked out in any way possible. Understandable. That and see, like I, I just love picking, you know, picking all your guys' brains out there because everyone has a different answer as to why they make their choice with that either or right there. So it's just, it's always interesting to hear the the rationale behind it. Yeah. You know, Jeff, we've uh, we've covered some of uh, you know some of the stuff as far as with your fight, your background coming into it with uh, with your your LFA championship. 
What is something that we might not have touched on that you absolutely want to get out there to the listeners? Oh, yeah, I guess uh, just be ready. You know, if it goes all three rounds, man, I'm going to be just as strong in the first round as I am the third. So uh, it's you don't see a lot of a lot of heavyweights that that have the cardio to go all three, and that's something we've been really working hard on is being able to stay strong in that third round. So that's something that. Uh, you know, we have if, if we need it. That's awesome, my man. Well, Jeff, I really do, like I say, I, w- I want to thank you for taking the time to come on. I know that you've got a, got a lot of media obligations all throughout the week. And, you know, thank you very much, Jim, if you're out there listening for uh, for putting this, in, uh, putting this in motion and getting us connected there. I'll be rooting for you this weekend, my man. I appreciate you having me, and I uh, appreciate you cheering for me as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so Jeff Young, just real quick again, why don't you uh, why don't you hit the people off with uh, with all of your sponsor you know sponsors handles anybody that you want to throw a shout out to before we uh, before we wrap up. Yeah, just a shout out to Strong Style uh, MMA and all my coaches and and family and friends and you know uh, working on some sponsorships now and hopefully I can tell you more next time. Awesome, man. Well, hey, man, anytime I would love to. I'd love to do a follow-up, have you back on wh- whenever you like. You know, it's an open invitation. That's what I like doing about with uh, with this whole comments from the peanut gallery project is I try to give anybody that I work with, any of the athletes out there, as much autonomy as possible. Anything that you need from us from the platform, we're more than happy to help you with, my man. Hey, thanks a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yo, this is uh, Comments from the Peanut Gallery Podcast. I just want to throw a quick shout out out there to ASTR Sports Management. Look for my man Jeff Lights Out Hughes this weekend on the UFC Kansas City card. He'll be out there looking to put a stamp on his performance in his UFC debut. I want to also throw a quick shout out to Factory X. We've got some big announcements coming up with a few of the Comments from the Peanut Gallery projects, including our short films that feature Chris... El Guapo Gutierrez, who is going to be fighting on UFC Nashville, as well as Ian the Hurricane Heinish, who will be on UFC London. And we've also got a variety of fighters that will be fighting at the St. Paddy's Beatdown in, uh, in North Platte, Nebraska on March 23rd as well, including but not limited to Yusuf the Moroccan Devils Law, Austin Jones, and uh, and Nate uh, Nate the Savage Smith. So thank you guys out there for following along. This is comments from the Peanut Gallery. I'm your host Jordan Kurtz. Signing out.